Welcome to the UK Educators Community Podcast hosted by Sid, an outstanding woman in STEM award winner, serial entrepreneur and educational consultant. Now, my vision is to make maximum impact in the world through education, but I know I can't do this alone. So this is where you guys come in. Why don't you join me on this journey as we as educators and entrepreneurs create impact one child at a time? Join my Facebook group at UK Educators or find some great resources on my website at ukeducators.com. We've got an amazing guest with us today. Uh, We have Lucy, who is going to be discussing about scaling businesses. She has uh, managed to scale her business within, I think it's three years, right? Yeah, well, four years, actually. Yeah, four years. Many of you already know Lucy. Um, Lucy's quite active. Um, She does a lot of work. She's starting her own coaching program in January. So we're going to hear about that a bit later. So for those of you who don't know Lucy, which I think there's a very few people that don't, (laughs) but those of you that don't know Lucy, Lucy, do you want to do a little intro? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I guess I'm a teacher, like a tutor. I own a company called Education Boutique, um, which is like a private tuition company where we engage tutors, like as usual, like as agencies do. But we're also really big on the kind of um, like nurturing tutors as well. So not just kind of matching you with clients and all about the sort of um, actual face-to-face tutoring and online tutoring but also kind of how to scale businesses how to you know just to be here as a bit of support because I think when I started um I was lucky enough never to have to work for agencies and so when I did look at a couple of options I was like quite surprised that no one really offered any sort of support services with the whole matching thing um and and so that's something that's been really um important to us as we've created uh the company and um I'm just like teacher tutor whatever like everything um and um yeah it's great to like chat to you guys today you're slightly different from most tutors because most tutors don't sit on a jet and fly across the world uh, for their (laughs) tutoring jobs do you want to tell us about the glamorous side of the tutoring stuff that you do um, and how it differs from um, the day-to-day tutoring that most tutors do? Well, to be honest, it's no different. It's in fact, it's probably not actually that glamorous. Like, yeah, I get to put some pictures up of like cool jets and stuff but I like reality is I'm in Austria by myself for Christmas right now so it's a bit of a sacrifice um it's no different it just like I obviously do a lot of work with the ultra high net worth clients and things but they're no different to the kids that I used to teach from my old like state school you know and and you know you do get to do some cool things but um the actual fundamental like tutoring service that you're providing um it's just the same I would say um but obviously a lot of my clients I don't just do one hour a week for I'm maybe doing you know like for example the family I'm with here during the term time um I'm providing like their their school you know so that looks like about sort of 20 hours a week in total including tutoring and planning time yeah it's kind of it's no different but it is a bit different if that makes sense yeah Hmm. so you're working with homeschooling families that have like a a, essentially an in-house tutor um and then you're essentially their main educator for the period of time that you're working with them exactly that yeah exactly that I really love it I love home education I will definitely home educate my own kids when I have them um and so I feel like very lucky to have got in quite early into that kind of scene of, of home education um, and I know there's loads of 
uh, tutors who do this kind of thing and um you know it, it's because it's really fun you know you get you oh. get to kind of do creative right like we uh went on the school trip with the family um that I'm with at the moment we went to um a, a sort of a city um that I'd not been to before and um you know we did creative writing experiences going around the city and we did like you know some really cool stuff where it's not just sitting in a classroom or just at a dining room table. It's being really creative, but that comes with quite a lot of pressure because you've kind of got to be good at thinking about how you can really like when there are no boundaries to how you can deliver the education it can be quite nerve-wracking sometimes when you first meet a client and when they have these big expectations because maybe they've known someone who's kind of raved about you and that's how they found out about you I do sometimes get there on the first day and I'm like oh gosh you know what if the child hates me (laughs) or what if the child's like well this isn't fun (laughs) you know like that so I think it's uh it's it's different in that sense sense uh, that you don't really have the sort of uh, maybe the limitations of like some sitting at a dining room table you've got to like think big and think kind of creative um, but at the same time you still need to get the results and the the same outputs at the end uh, for the children so it's kind of you know it, it's about a, a balance between all the kind of sh- fun like lovely stuff and then all the stuff that needs to happen and the routines and things like that you're getting results, yeah. you're getting an end exactly. result, but the way that you're getting there differs. And I think that's true yeah. of any tutor that you'll have your own way and, all, and exactly. style of delivery. Yeah, exactly. And like parent coaching as well, you, you're on often uh, yeah. sort of a bit like an agony aunt for the parents as well, you know, just to make sure that, you know, cause you're there all the time. So you can kind of just make sure that that transition between sort of school and home life is also good and that the children are, you know, developing um, in their home lives as well as in the um, in the sort of academic subjects too. Did you start off tutoring uh, just normal clients in the UK and then you got you got lucky or were you actively looking for this kind of market? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, I am, um, I wasn't someone who I, I'm like not one of these people who does things slowly. Like if I make a decision, it's like, bam, like do it. So I am, um, I, I was a teacher in Dubai and, and I moved back um to the UK um, and I got a job back in my old school that I'd worked at previously to going to Dubai and I worked there for four months and I was like head of English like head of quite a few wearing quite a few hats basically and just realized that it wasn't quite my brand of education and I kind of wanted to do things differently and so um, because I'd only just got back from Dubai um, I was actually only on um, it was a it was a free school so they did the contracting slightly differently and you only had like um, a sort of a month's notice that you had to give so it got to sort of November and I was like do you know what I'm just going to do this I'd saved up a bit of money um you know a couple of months salary from from teaching um and I was just like you know the panic of of knowing that I didn't have a job in January made me absolutely like work my socks off and whilst I appreciate that that's not how lots of people would like to do it it did really work for me because it makes Mm. you really scared and like going, yeah. oh my gosh I've got to go and and I live in a place uh, called Ascot around that area there's a lot of very wealthy families and lots of families who who do have multi-center kind of family homes and things like that and so it was just luck really that I was in a good area and that you know I, I put a few adverts on uh, local parent groups and things and just kind of 
that's how it started really um and I, I think my first ever two clients I actually taught for 10 pounds an hour and I just said like I'll teach you for like 10 pounds because I've just started this but if you could just like if, if you hear anyone looking for a, a tutor if you could just you know if you feel I'm going, doing a good job if you could just mention my name I would be forever grateful um and and those clients um those two clients we still work with now and they have literally sent our company the company so many uh clients over the years so sometimes I think you know there's you never want to do things for free but you there's certain you know there's a lot of people who um I think focus so much on the hourly rate that they're getting but actually sometimes those people that you're going to be servicing they can open up so many doors to you Mm. and that's a really important marketing strategy for people to consider and there's nothing better than mouth recommendations from yeah. from people that have actually had that service mm-hmm. um and that's the best kind of marketing that you can use and mm-hmm. I always find that those people that come from recommendations are also the easiest ones to get signed up because they've already done yeah. all their research they know who you're who you are yeah. what you're about and they're they're ready to sign up so when was your first overseas tutoring role? Four months after I started um, working as a tutor full, full time. Um, and like, it was kind of crazy, really. Um, it was actually here where I am now in Kitzbühel, um, in Austria. And um, so I've come here every single year that I've been a tutor, but for different families. And so um, I it's really nice because you get a lot of um, families that know each other who who have sort of second homes that they come here for ski seasons and things and and it's nice because you sort of get passed around uh sort of through the, those those friendships and so but you actually get to know the place really well as well and like if you if, if you haven't been to Kitzbühel it's like a super lovely quaint little uh, Austrian town <laughs> which has got super amazing skiing it was um a bit crazy but at the same time I was just like you know, at that point, I was just happy that, you know, I'd been accepted to it. And it was a bit of an, I love traveling. So that was cool. And um, I'd not even been to Austria. So it was it was nice. In the three years, you've really grown your business. Mm. And uh, the kind of title of today's episode is building an empire, building an education yeah. empire. So what are the kind of points that you would give to people that are looking to scale that are at the start mm. of their, their business, but want to grow it um what kind of things do they need to be looking out for and thinking right now it's so important and I know because I think I was saying this to you the other day I am not this person either but planning is absolutely vital and for the first two years um that I was running education boutique I was like yeah, 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 you know, like planning's great, like, you know, whatever. And um, I don't really have time to plan. You know, it takes quite a long time. It's quite like, like, you know, a laborious task, you know, whatever. Then last year and this year, I've been absolutely on the plan. I had a coach, you know, I've got a lot of like trusted kind of advisory people here. Like, you need to plan, like do the plan. Um, If if you don't do the plan, don't want to speak to you anymore kind of thing. And I'm like, oh God, okay. Um, And so, you know, just not try, first thing is not trying to do too many things things at once like you're like me uh, like a lot of us teachers are like the same mentality and the same sort of personality we come up with ideas we want to save the world we want to do it all right now we want to actually we want to do it yesterday that's not going to be a good way to scale it's not it means you're going to like dip your toe in lots of little puddles and like not do anything as well as you could do if you actually planned and I think so for, for a lot of people that first step is quite a big uh step outside their comfort zone because they're like 
oh, you know, I'd rather be teaching or this isn't making me any money or whatever. One of my mentors who I just like, anything she says, I literally just like hang on to it forever. She was just like, the thing is, once you put down on paper your ideas, that holds value. So you've got to think of the fact that yes you're constantly chasing like the next hourly rate or the next this 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 um you know whatever's going to make you money right now but actually when you plan that is you kind of investing in your future because if you are really serious about scaling and look lots of people who are you know when I started my business I, I didn't have aspirations of like really really scaling and really really growing a big company I really didn't um and and lots of people are very happy with a good business you know that turns over a decent amount maybe it's just below the VAT threshold so they don't have to get all crazy with VAT and then they don't have to you know there's a lot to be said for having a small turnovery kind of ticking over business where you don't have all the stress and I that should be said straight away because I'm not saying that everyone wants to scale to ridiculous sizes because with that comes a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of like legal fees you know like all sorts of stuff that not everyone wants that of um but if you put down on paper your plans you you document it you put action plans in place for how you're going to implement to get to where you want to go or where you know that you can go even if it's not over a year if it's over two years or three years that has value um and I've recently been you know having conversations with um you know some huge companies and they're interested in what I've got to say because I've got it documented and they're like that's amazing you know and obviously you don't go showing your your documented ideas to people unless they sign NDAs and you have conversations like that but because you don't want other people to take your ideas and run away with them but you know it's so important that you don't see it as like wasted time because it's so not and I think that's something that someone said to me a couple of years ago and I went oh yeah like I, I totally didn't think of that um so yeah, that would be kind of one of the biggest things. What about a year like this year where you could have a plan in place and then oh, yeah. COVID hits and Absolutely. you can't follow that plan? Would you say then then it becomes wasted or do you think it's still of value? We had a plan. We had a really structured plan this year. That went live in January. So we were already planning. We were planning like courses. We were planning certain things this year. What we were not planning is to open a virtual school effectively to when all the close it when all the schools close. Not full on virtual school like you know like your UK um, virtual school, but like just us p- providing online schooling. We we helped like thousands of students this year that was not in our plan. That was not in our plan. But what we did is we went back to the plan when we saw, I mean, we actually did this in February because we had a lot of clients in China where schools shut in January. And we were like, that is weird. You know, why are they all shutting the schools? Like, that's strange. And, you know, that we went through that period of thinking, oh, it's not going to come here. We're going to be okay. But at that point, we just went, let's just get a plan B in. Because if schools shut, that's like massive and so we went back to the plan we put pause on some of them and I always believe that you should have maybe two or three focuses for every year like three sort of projects or pillars of of focus for you that year um so we put press pause on a couple of those and sort of plugged in (laughs) this other thing that we were like right we need to do this and um you know and it went really well but because we had that clear sort of oversight of what's going on we've done very well this year and a lot of tuition companies have but then 
a lot of tuition companies haven't because their target market was GCSEs. And I think as, a, as an industry, the tuition markets maybe probably just stayed pretty much the same as what everyone was expecting. As, as we've seen, there's loads of people who have transitioned really quickly, have, have gone online, have learned how to teach online. And I just think that's awesome. And I think that just shows like what a cool industry the tutoring industry is and how also supportive everyone is. Mm. Um, because I think, you know, it was lovely to see and help so many people at the beginning um, and to see everyone helping each other was great. Most of my stuff prior to COVID was workshops hands-on workshops doing um, dissections and fire-based and chemical experiments with the kids Mm. and can't do that you can't do that during a pandemic so we closed on the 2nd of March and again I kind of closed early um, put some plans into place Um, but it just doesn't work online so I had to pivot and I think it's recognizing when trying different things and when they don't work being able to pivot very quickly and kind of go right it it took me a few months I say quickly I think it was until June July where I thought okay I've got to do something completely different now because it's not working yeah Yeah. um but I think a lot of tutors the big thing that has been a change this year is suddenly online has become an option yeah um where a lot of families yeah a lot of families would never have considered online a lot of tutors would never have considered online um and now now everyone had to go online at some point Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of forced people to try that do you think it's going to change the way the tutoring industry is going to operate after covid yeah i do and i think the kind of the big word in education at the moment is blended and i think no one is saying that only online is the best way no one is saying that face-to-face is the best way. I believe that a truly like blended model hits everything. You know, there's so many kids that learn so well from watching YouTube videos now that yeah. recorded videos become an option, but by themselves, they're not good enough. There's so many kids that don't like, you know, face-to-face. They prefer to be behind a screen. You know, a, a lot of, um, uh, you know, the, the children that I work with um, who have autism, they, they love the kind of slight, sort of just disconnect it's not quite so invasive you know being online if they're feeling a bit overwhelmed they can just turn their camera off for a little bit and you know I I totally get that and I think that's wonderful but again it face-to-face does not get the best results for everyone and I just believe that this not just in the tutoring but uh, like industry but also in school I think the whole education system um because I I I really dislike the fact that we still talk about tutoring and schools as separate entities. To me, it should all be about working together and it should mm. all be about us getting the best results for the children. And if we actually all work together, schools and tutors in the same, I believe that England would have the best education system in the world. I don't think we should be needing tutors if you've got an education system that does what it should do. And I think the need for tutors comes as a result of there's failures in the in the schooling system but again that's a separate topic right? I know we have this name this label of tutor and teacher but we're all educators so mm. I actually don't see a difference between school and between uh tutors we, we're all working with that little individual person to get the best out of them there's a lot of local authorities that are working on getting tutors or educators into schools to support yeah. so I know I work for my local authority and yeah. I've done a lot of work where kids are falling behind and then you go in and you support them on a one-to-one basis um that could be done on a far greater scale to ensure that the kids don't get to year six and are working at a year two level um that's a bit too late by that point and it should be done a lot earlier going back to scaling and growth 
how in that three four year period how much has your company grown hugely um I mean from starting out when it was my first year of tutoring you know me just tutoring for um you know as, as an independent tutor would like little people here and there I mean we we've just finished this like calendar year and you know we've turned over like we've hit our target which is amazing considering covid and next year we're really trying to scale and our target for next year is to hit the million turnover in a year Um, and that is scary but also super super exciting because we've got some really exciting projects under the different pillars that we're working on next year um, as, as a company and we're having really exciting conversations with huge, huge businesses um, that are interested in the education piece and how it can fit into their uh, sort of offering at the moment. There's so much opportunity. I think that's the thing for me at the moment. Opportunity is like massive. So if you're like a tutor sitting at home thinking like, oh, you know, tutoring's not working for me right now. Well, you probably just need to like think outside the box a little bit because there is so much opportunity but I do appreciate that it's easy to see those opportunities when things are going well for you and sometimes if you are a bit panicky or you are a bit like stressed about anything you know money health whatever it might be sometimes it is hard to do that and and that's where I think um you know like the little coaching thing that I'm starting I'm very good at like looking at other people's businesses and going this is what you should do because you've got an opportunity here and quite often people are like oh yeah like I kind of thought about that but I just didn't really know I'm like just having someone like telling you to do something I think it's really I mean obviously like there's that part of you that's like oh I don't like to be told what to do but if you know it's coming from someone that you look up to or you uh like can see they've done what you want to do with your own business you have to take it on board, right? I, I think the big thing for me as well that I wanted to sort of put out there is that scaling doesn't mean giving away your business and giving away, invest, you know, getting investors on board and, you know, giving away parts of your business. Like, again, the, the lady I was talking about earlier who literally every time she speaks to me, I'm like, what you're saying is gold, you know, tell me more. She literally said to me, never give away any of your company until you really want to exit if you want something you need to make the money then you do it yes you might think oh I can do it quicker if I get an investor to help me but you are effectively diluting your control of the company that you've worked really hard to create so that for me has been super important is always remaining the 100% shareholder in your company if it's a limited company or obviously sole traders you might look at maybe moving into a limited company to grow things like that um there's benefits about that but um yeah that that's I think another thing that a lot of people think with scaling and it's actually probably the opposite of that you've mentioned something really important there which is um basically your mindset having a positive mindset puts you in a position where you will see and see opportunities and are more are more inclined to to pivot and to change and to adapt and make it work for you. Um, and another thing that you mentioned there is being around people that are, are going to actually push you. Because I think when you are in that negative mindset, a lot, a lot of the times you're around people who are also perpetuating the same sort of exactly. mindset. The five people that you spend the most time around, yeah. it, you're, a, you're an average of those five people. And, yeah. and that is so true. If you want yeah. to grow your business and you want to be ambitious, be around ambitious people. They don't all yeah. have to be in business, but just of that mindset where 
they are so full of life. They want to grab up every opportunity. They don't want to think, let things slide. You need to be around those kind of people. And I think that's yeah. why coaching programs are so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Having accountability groups are so powerful because everyone's got the same kind of mindset and vision. Um, so tell us a bit more about your coaching program, which I'm going to be on as well, because I think you're inspirational. Um, I know it is. Uh, so tell us a bit about that and how it's going to work and um, and who can, who can sign up. So it's, as I said before, blended. Like that's the kind of big thing. And I, that's how we've created the course because it's all very well. Like I, I, you, you've done it as well. I've forked out horrific amounts of money for mm-hmm. top coaches before you know yeah. you're looking at hourly rates or you know exceeding like four or five hundred pounds an hour yeah. um for people that have really really like top track records etc but I think the thing that I've found through doing the coaching and going around to different types of coaches is no one I haven't ever been coached by someone who is a tutor and the coach that I had most success with she was in education and and her business turns over 52 million pounds a year and and she's incredible and she got it because she was in education and I think it's all very well having a sort of a generic coach but if someone is in education because we are a different business you know some Mm. people will say oh it's not all about word of mouth it's all about your sales funnel it's all about this no, in education, it is all about word of mouth. My course will be um, a monthly masterclass, which is all about scaling and, and it's, it's more generic. It's more stuff like mindset stuff, not like airy fairy, wishy washy mindset stuff, like things that I find have helped me, you know, like this whole course is all about stuff that has worked for me and, and, I believe has then I've been able to help other people here in the education business using these same principles and it's worked for them as well so so it's sort of taken a while to come up with this course it's not just like a sudden thing that I've just gone oh yeah I'm gonna do a course like I did consider doing it at the beginning of last year but I felt that I still wanted to achieve more before I did it because I think credibility is super important. So it's a 12 month coaching program. There's like um, one every month you have a recorded masterclass, which has like a, an assignment based based on you and based on your business. It's not just a generic thing. Um, then we've got a, a live group coaching call, which happens on um, the thir- first Thursday of every month, eight o'clock in the evening for an hour. And that's us all, you know, the whole thing that we're saying about being surrounded by other people who are looking to grow, who are looking to scale. And they will always have a focus. So I'll do a little bit of a kind of input, if you like. But then we'll really be um, working on dynamic kind of actual action points. But together in little groups, you'll be with different people every time. It will be really kind of all about getting to know other people um, and seeing how they're growing their business, because that helps you spot opportunities in your own little sphere and sector Um, and then you've got the one-to-ones so you have one quarterly one-to-one with me every every quarter basically it's just going to be a really great community we're going to do other little things as we go through the year if anything does pop up you know it's a community everyone's got me on whatsapp so we've had lots of people already messaging being like hey i'm thinking about this what should i do and like it's not it's not like oh you know you only get the ones one I'm not going to speak to you in between (laughs) do you know what I mean that's not the case um so I I love helping people and I just think it's great to have um a a sort of a collection of educators who 
are looking to take their business to the next level. That's what's very exciting about it is some of the businesses that are coming on board are like amazing. And I'm, I've got so many ideas already for like everyone. <laughs> I've like made lists of everything already. So how do people find out about um, this offering and where would they have to go to sign up? Yeah, so it's on the Education Boutique website. Um, it's um, under online courses and it's called Life of a Private Tutor 12 Month. Uh, coaching and it's 59 pounds a month and I think because we don't have any specific um, coaching and business programs for the education sector specifically um, people don't realize how expensive they really are oh no yeah Yeah, because I've done loads of business courses and loads of coaching and all sorts of programs and it adds up like one year I was nearly hitting 10k in in like training and and courses that I'd done um, to kind of push my business forward and, and and like you said, it's very generic and a lot yeah. of things don't apply to the, tu- the tutoring or the education sector. Um, but then there are points which are similar. Yeah. Um, but you find it really difficult to know how to implement mm. when yeah. they first introduced to you. And it takes it's taken me years to kind of go, oh, that's what that person meant. <laughs> yeah. I finally get it now. Yeah. Um, but it's not so obvious because they're mm-hmm. not coming from that perspective and you're so, so they're like over here you're over here and you're trying to kind of meet halfway and trying to figure out how it yeah. works um and it's not always obvious it's not yeah. as black and white as in, as it is in other businesses um so that's really exciting isn't it I'm so excited but I mean there are other tutoring kind of companies that do uh like tutor training like train like how to teach online and things like that so this course is not going to be like teaching you how to teach online because it's the focus of you know people who have existing business this is about like scaling the businesses this is not so much like how to be a tutor well in fact it's not how to be a tutor it's how to take your existing business like whatever you have and, and scale it and make more do more have more impact whatever your focus because some people you know it's important to say like some people their focus is not necessarily money it's like impact and it's impact and I know Mm. for me that that is and and, and my sort of justification on because it is a bit of a like nerve-wracking thing to say oh yeah I want to turn over seven figures next year um but my justification for that is because until you do that you don't get asked about any like you don't you don't have a you don't have a profile you know mm. so when you look at the the government kind of briefings that they do for educational decisions you look at the tutoring companies or the education companies that get to go on they are not the best tu- education companies they're the ones that have the highest turnovers and they literally I think they must just go through companies house and just go oh they're turning over a lot let's invite them oh they're turning and I want to be in those conversations so for me it is impact it's not just because I want to say oh yeah we turn over this much it's because until you turn over um, a a decent amount of money every year you don't get invited to those conversations and that for me is my end goal is I want to be able to impact the education system of the UK Um, and and that's why I've decided that building a really big business is the quick the quickest way to getting there if that makes sense. So when you first started did you have the vision of growing your company to some figures in five years? No, no. So what was your initial vision? I don't actually remember the point where I went, oh, this is going to be really big. I think the thing is, because most planning cycles are really just a year. And, and mm. I think, yes, people say have a five year plan. But look, if you'd asked me five years ago what I wanted to achieve in five years, 
I never would have said this. And I just think, therefore, for me, just having a really thorough yearly plan with actionable goals that's the most important thing. Yes, of course, you can like now I'm starting to look where do I want to be in five years, because I'm already at a level where I can actually begin to see that. But I think when I started where I'd want to be in five years is like, so different to where I am now. But I wouldn't change it. Like, I I love it. Um, But I think that whole people who tell you to plan that far ahead, I just think, maybe that will be a bit wasted you know if you spent hours planning out those year two year three year four year five that's going to be uh, a bit of a waste so for me it's just been about having a really good uh, action plan every year to go right this month what do we need to get achieved let's do it you know tick 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 next month what do we need to do oh that didn't work very well so we're going to have to scrap that idea or change it or whatever we need to do and just just like lists doesn't that create like a very rigid sort of lifestyle and doesn't allow you to be spontaneous do you find two days ago I had like two hours notice and got on a plane to come to Austria so it's not like oh I can't do that I can't do that it's not not that way at all but it's like planning how you are not going to have to be ruled by your work so you know if I know that on a Friday I literally just don't want to do anything well I need and I know that there's like things in that month I'm looking like a couple of months ahead here okay in March we've got this project that's gonna go live right and I'm liking it March and I'm going "Mm, but actually that's just after my boyfriend's birthday I want to probably be on holiday in that first week of March so already I'm going right can you do extra hours in March can let's maybe look at getting someone else in to help you with that let's do this 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 so it's it's not planning to the to the T you're like every movement or every but it's just like identifying periods where they're going to be busier or you know like diary management and diary sort of forecasting effectively you know we all know that we all get to like the first of September and we're like oh it's quite chilled and then by like the 14th of September we're like oh my god I'm like dying (laughs) you know sort of because you you always expect there to be a bit of a rush when the kids go back to school and by October when they've had their first tests and they've been moved down a set in in maths and the parents are panicking you know they you always expect it to be big but every year I've not been as I've not been prepared enough because it always gets bigger and bigger and bigger um and I just think as long as you are planning a bit ahead um then that's that's as much as you can really do and then you can just kind of you just have to kind of go with it I know this is going to sound so sad but we've like literally scheduled all of the content for 2021 uh, like all the sort of Facebook and Instagram stuff. One of my old students, wow. I know, right? One of my old students is doing D of E at the moment and she has to do like a volunteer project. So I've had her, I, we've, we obviously made all of the graphics like ages ago. So she's been writing all of the copy to go with everything as a little project for her that she can do for her D of E. And then one of my team is like then, you know, since checking it and making sure it sort of fits. And she's been looking all into like SEO and how she can write copy with like the, the words in there. So she's like super high achieving. And it's just been amazing watching her because I'm like, oh yeah, here's my idea. And she's like, yes, I'd love to do that. And so, you know, that if you ask for help, people will always help you if you need something. But if you don't know what you need, mm. you can't ask for it. In terms of your entire organisation, how many people are you currently working with? Because you've grown, so you're working with yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a few. So we have 132 tutors and oh. we have um, a like team. Obviously, they're all outsourced, so on, they're not like on our payroll, if that makes sense. But our like 
um, our team of like our accountant, our lawyer, our like all of those people. We've got a team of like 15 people that kind of do everything. We've got like a tutors that that do all the sort of resource making and things like that we've got um project sort of project leaders as well and we're, we're actually looking at creating a bit of a sort of advisory board um uh, something i was talking to you about actually wasn't it mm. and, you know having a, a a group of people that that meet um and not necessarily that are non-exec directors of the company but just are just people that you trust and and think mm. are important like, and, like a steering group right totally and I I just think that's such an important thing when you do get bigger they're invaluable to get other people's opinions about your crazy ideas that you come up with at like one o'clock in the morning which is always whenever I come up with stuff but I think that's really important as well I used to be very very like all English teachery people you know like very British mentality isn't it all don't talk about money don't talk about this like I am still like that but there is some value in discussing things like just saying it out loud Oh, next year I'm trying to turn over that much money like it's on the plan so why not you know just hold yourself accountable if you don't get Mm. it you know what Mm. I mean so Mm. you know I I still think that there is there is a lot to be said for a, a bit of um you know humility people don't like uh, well I don't like people who are like oh what's your what's your number what's your this like coaches I'm like oh I can't I can't be doing with that at all but they have a point in the sense that you need to know what you're aiming for so there needs to be a a numerical value but it doesn't have to be your why do you know what I mean it doesn't have to be like the reason you get out of bed which I think is so important because let's be honest no teachers get out of bed because of the money side of things do we so if you could sum up uh, just like three top tips for anyone looking to scale what would they be we've talked about loads of different things here but yeah. what are your top three remain in control plan definitely big one, yeah. <laughs> big one. <laughs> but I know but I think the biggest one is remaining control I think so I, I've been tempted so many times you know I've had people who have gone oh I'll give you an investment oh I'll give you this and it is tempting I totally get it it's flattering it's whatever you want however you feel when someone says it but the person who I literally everything she says I'm like she said it to me and I was like okay that I'm just gonna do it because she's told me to do that and I totally now I'm having certain conversations with with bigger companies they're very impressed that we've grown it to the size and we've you know we obviously took out a loan last year but we've already paid that off you know it's it's if you believe in what you're doing then debt funding you know taking out a loan is is definitely a viable option but you have to have plan you know and so that's number two plan um and then number three would just be like get good people around you your network is everything and and I think uh you know although I never really thought about it someone said to me the other day they were like well you know you work around such sort of business brained you know people that have just had utter success in their you know have have often have done it from nothing as well and they are the people that I'm surrounded with mm. most because I'm working with them every day. I teach a lot of these sort of international families. I'm often teaching the parents English at the same time. So they are like the people that you're surrounded with. And you're so I, I really do believe that your network, um, but not saying you've got to be like surround yourself with like ultra high net worth people, but you know, just 
people that you see have got the same passion or drive or someone that you just get like a good feeling about when you see them posting on like social media or you think oh yeah they've got a good they, they obviously understand what they're talking about you you just get a feeling for people and yeah. I think that's probably the last thing is like just do go with your feelings because everything sometimes I've had decisions where I've been like oh head says this but my heart says this and like I always go with what I feel is right and it's worked out okay so far yeah I think people's energies are really important you get an energy you get a sense of energy from people and yeah. it's usually the 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 positive energy is usually because you've got like values um yeah. you share that those values from the, from that person um but when I get some sort of niggling feeling that something's not right I always have to try and justify it and I think in my attempt to justify it, I, it eventually takes months and months sometimes, but then you realize why eventually yeah. you realize uh-huh. and you're like, ah, oh, that's yeah. what the original feeling was about. Yeah. Um, and, and that is in very important. Like in, I look back on everything that's happened over and I, I sort of think, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work out. Yeah, I still did it. Why did I do that? Because I knew it like, and there's been so many of those points where I've been like, oh, I felt that that wasn't right. And I still did it why did they do it you know I felt it so because you're I, I, conflicted between that energy feeling and what your logic mind is saying which is there's no reason to believe that because there's no yeah. evidence but you just have exactly. a feeling and quite often the times that that's happened has been because we've made a financial decision as opposed to going for like what I feel and so now that's why I really do like I don't know I just think it's so important that like when you're when you're choosing like at points if it's just to get a bit of extra money or you have a feeling that you shouldn't do it to get that extra bit of money just don't do it (laughs) because often it's been when we've made bad decisions it's because we chose the finance over the feeling and what I try to think about it in terms of values so knowing what your core values are like your top five core values is really important because every decision should come back to those values Mm-hmm. come back to them and you say well what are my what's the driving force behind what I do and you'll realize that money is not on those list of values yeah. it's not it's not the financial stability it's more about the people you work with and mm-hmm. and honesty and credibility and those kind of things mm-hmm. and I think if you drive your decisions based on your values you can't go too far away from exactly. being wrong and it's really helped me to like attribute being um, right sorry being right yeah, oh, yeah. Not too far from being right <laughs> but I think it, one of the things that really helped me was attributing why I want to grow my company you know because uh, some people would look at that and be like well why why do you need to grow your company so once I realized well not realized I kind of knew it all along but once I really clearly attributed to why I want to grow the company to the fact that I need to do that so I can mm. try I, it might not even happen but I've got to do it to even stand a chance to be asked to you know um put my two cents in about what should happen to the education system in this country I've got to have a big company and so as soon as I sort of thought in my head like that's actually it you know that's why I want a big company but for a while it wasn't clear in my head you know why that was necessary and that's really helped me be able to talk a bit more openly about finances and and things like that you've talked there about goals like you you're you're trying to reach the seven figure mark those goals allow you to then it's a stepping stone to do something else yeah sometimes you've got to reach one goal before you can reach something else and I think for someone that's looking 
from outside um, to your company, uh, they don't know what those goals are, where, where you're heading. Um, you've got that vision internally, you know where you're going, but they just see those stepping stones. And sometimes those stepping stones can go in lots of different directions for different people. Yeah. Um, but you have that one journey that you're trying to take to get to that end goal of being able to impact lots of people. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is, Social media gives an illusion of one thing and I think you get to know people and it's, it's, it's something completely different. Um, and I think it's true with everyone and, all, and kids as well. Like you have an illusion of what a child is going to um, act like and then you spend time with them and they're completely different yeah. and you bring out the best in them. So I think it's just, it comes down to people, getting to know people, getting to know what makes people tick, finding out people that share your values. Um, so hopefully your coaching program is going to be a great success and you'll find lots of different people that share your values on that program. Um, so we will leave a link for people to sign up. So besides the, the business kind of goals, what's your kind of main goal for 2021? What do you want to achieve that you haven't been able to achieve yet? I want to move house. That's what, that's the big goal. That's why I'm here in Austria by myself right now. <laughs> um, because we, 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 our house has been on the market and obviously COVID has been really tough for everyone mm-hmm. trying to sell a house right now. Um, and, and ours hasn't sold yet, but we're really hoping that we're, we're possibly thinking of maybe reducing the price a little bit and hoping that maybe we can get a little bit off the next house that we buy to to make up that difference or whatever um but yeah just to move um slightly further into london um is our plan um and obviously to do that you sort of need to really put a lot more into um into the pot so that's why i'm here by myself because this will really help us do that i've got a question before we go um what's the what's the biggest challenge for you because we've talked about lots of positives and go, growing and scaling, but what's been the hardest thing for you in working in your business that you've kind of found has been a barrier or maybe you've kind of hit a wall at times? Um, mm. what, what's been your challenge? Yeah, so I guess for me, um, one of the things is that I'm not from a business background. And, and so going into these meetings, Oh, like I'm actually enrolled next year to do like a finance course for non-finance managers, because that's one thing I've really struggled with, like reading profit and loss statements, working out what your gross, like your, your, um, you know, net profits and things are and things like that. so much alike. I have a math degree and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Well, I I don't have a math degree. And so so for me, it's really been like sometimes in situations where I'm in meetings, I've had to really make you know, fake it kind of you know just be like oh yeah okay and I'm like googling what does you know and, and whatever I mean under here so I, I think that in one thing and, and I've definitely planned to do something about that next year by enrolling on the course I think it's with like UCL or it's an online thing and it's a specifically called finance for non-finance managers so I thought that was quite like funny because yeah it's just like basically if you literally have no idea about anything but I feel like I'm better but I'm still because of the size of the company now where yeah. you know if, if you are looking to turn over like a certain amount then you have to look at getting audited and so in the f- next few years maybe that's something we might have to do and I'm just like oh that just fills me with dread so that definitely and then I guess also just like because it's just me like as the owner right. of the company I don't have a partnership as in like my boyfriend's great we talk about things all the time next year like we are really hoping that he's going to leave his job and come work for the company that's another goal for next year um but 
like at the end of the day it's down to you and so that's kind of a lot of uh pressure I guess um but at the same time I love it so you know no complaints but that would be um certainly a challenge that sometimes you I look at other companies where there's a couple of like owners yeah oh that would be lovely you know and who knows like maybe in the future I'll just go around like buying lots of other like smaller education businesses and just like (laughs) (laughs) an empire yeah (laughs) that might be the plan but yeah we'll see we'll see but that's definitely uh something that I've always felt is that it, it is I I am envious of other companies where there's two people uh, just because you can obviously that will come up with possible, you know, know, disagreements, things like that. There is something quite liberating about literally if you want to do something, you can just do it. You don't have to ask anyone's approval. Don't have to get anyone's signature. And that goes back to the point I was saying about remaining in control, (laughs) you know, like that. I think that's good. Um, But there are points where, you, you you sort of feel quite pressurized because it's all just you. yeah because yeah. i think when there's more than one person you've got a sounding board you've got someone that has yeah. equal responsibility so they're going to give you yeah. an honest answer yeah. <laughs> on on your, an opinion um so you've got that and and i think it's rare to find companies um at the scale that you are where there's just one sole director because there usually are more than one people at that point because they've had investment or they've got other people yeah. that have specific roles Um, So I think that's quite an achievement. So well done for that. But yeah, it's been brilliant learning about your business and learning how you've scaled um, and learning about your coaching program, which I'm really excited to start on in just over a week, right? I know, 1st of Jan. Exciting. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I know you're very busy um, and I know you've got lots of admin to do before (laughs) you start work again. So thank you so much for taking some time out to have a chat with us. Um, We do really appreciate it. And I'm sure lots of people are going to take value from this. Uh, So thank you, Lucy. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation and took lots of value from it for your business. Now, if you did, please remember to do me a huge favor and rate and review on your podcast app. And if you don't want to miss another episode, please remember to subscribe. Now, if you missed anything or you want to find out what's coming up next, remember to go to ukeducators.com forward slash podcast, where there's lots of information about the guests upcoming and those that we've already had. I'm Sid. You've been listening into the UK Educators Community Podcast, and I'll see you next Sunday when we release a new episode.